No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that being a priest meant being very careful about how you handled the holy things. This has application for every believer in Christ, and we hope you'll join us as Pastor Darrell continues in Leviticus chapter 22 on Simply the Bible. Congratulations. If you've been listening to this broadcast and you've been with us through the book of Leviticus, then you've made it through 21 chapters. We have six more to go. As I mentioned at the start of this book, if going through the Bible was a trip by train, then many people get off at the Leviticus station. This book of Leviticus is all about holiness. It is an instruction manual for priests under the Old Covenant. Sometimes we don't see how it applies to us. However, in Christ, we are a universal priesthood, so it does apply to us in many ways. Although many of the ceremonial rituals don't apply, the call to being holy as God is holy most certainly applies. We continue today in Leviticus chapter 22. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel, and that they do not profane my holy name, by what they dedicate to me. I am the Lord. Say to them, Whoever of all your descendants throughout your generations who goes near the holy things which the children of Israel dedicate to the Lord while he has uncleanness upon him, that person shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. Priests in Israel had a high calling. They represented the people before God and God before the people. They handled the holy offerings of God. If they were morally unclean or ceremonially unclean, for example, by touching something that had died, then they could not handle the holy things of God. They were unfit. Many of the things that could defile them were secret. For example, if they touched a dead animal, then no one else may have been around to witness it. The temptation would have been to continue to minister outwardly in the holy things. After all, who would know? But God would know. And if they were guilty of secret sin when they were ministering in the holy things of God, then they could be struck down dead. Their only safeguard was the fear of the Lord and a tender conscience. Now, God has given each of us a conscience, an umpire, if you will, to help us judge between good and evil, clean and unclean. If you listen to your conscience, then it will keep you out of a lot of trouble. But if you ignore your conscience, if you think that no one else was looking or that somehow you are the exception, then you are really deadening your conscience. And a person who continues to deaden his conscience will soon have a seared conscience. Therefore, the priests had to be very careful about what they said or did, 
lest they become defiled in word or deed. People might not know, but everything is laid bare before God, before the one to whom we must give an account. Practically, this meant that they often had to say no. Some years ago, I recall a television commercial for a certain credit card in which the company representative replied no to every question that he was asked on the phone. Now, being a priest probably didn't mean saying no that much, but you had to deny yourself of many things that could have made you unclean and therefore unfit for ministry. Now, it is sometimes difficult for us to know which of these instructions apply to us. We do know that in Christ, we are a universal priesthood. 1 Peter 2.9 said, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. As a royal priesthood, we are representing God before the world. I think it is interesting that Jesus said the first qualification for following him is that we deny ourselves. In 2 Corinthians, we are told to come out and be separate and to touch no unclean thing. Sin, and especially secret sin, can defile our ministry and disqualify us. That is why Paul wrote to the Corinthians, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Sadly, many good ministers, due to some personal failure, have been disqualified from ministry. While they were set apart to God for the ministry, they have now been set aside by God. We all have a renegade flesh. And if we don't subject it to the rule of the Word of God and the rule of the Spirit of God, then it can deceive and destroy us. Therefore, if the priest was unclean, he had to separate himself. He had to say no to himself, even though it might mean that people would know now that he was unclean, rather than to touch the holy things of God with unclean hands. Verse 4. Whatever man of the descendants of Aaron, who is a leper or who has a discharge, shall not eat the holy offerings until he is clean. And whoever touches anything made unclean by a corpse or a man who has had an emission of semen or whoever touches any creeping thing by which he would be made unclean or any person by whom he would become unclean, whatever his uncleanness may be, the person who has touched any such thing shall be unclean until evening and shall not eat the holy offerings unless he washes his body with water. And when the sun goes down, he shall be clean. And afterward, he may eat the holy offerings because it is his food. Whatever dies naturally or is torn by beasts, he shall not eat to defile himself with it. I am the Lord. You see, if he would defile himself with any of these things and then pretend like everything was okay, he would be defiled and even toxic. 
he would be like the Pharisees who Jesus said they look good on the outside, but inside they are full of corruption and dead men's bones. We know this sin more frequently as the sin of hypocrisy. And Jesus said, beware of it because it spreads like yeast in dough. Part of the restrictions to the priest was not only could he not minister to the people in the holy things of God, but he could not even eat the food that was set aside for him as a priest because God considered that to be part of his holy ministry, the eating of the food of the peace offerings and the other offerings that were set aside for the priest to eat. Verse 9. They shall therefore keep my ordinance, lest they bear sin for it and die thereby. If they profane it, I, the Lord, sanctify them. So it's the Lord that set them apart for the ministry, and they could die if they were defiled when they were ministering. I don't know if there was workman's comp back in those days, but, but I would imagine it would have been expensive for priests. Verse 10, no outsider shall eat the holy offering. One who dwells with the priest or a hired servant shall not eat the holy thing. But if the priest buys a person with his money, he may eat it. And one who is born in his house may eat his food. If the priest's daughter is married to an outsider, she may not eat of the holy offerings. But if the priest's daughter is a widow or divorced and has no child and has returned to her father's house, as in her youth, she may eat her father's food, but no outsider shall eat it. Now, not only did the priest have to say no to himself, he also had to say no to others that might want to eat part of his meal. And the meal that was given to him by God, the holy offerings, was not to be shared outside of his family. It was only for the priests and their immediate family, so that if the priest had a servant, he could not eat it, only those who were born in his house. If he had a daughter, she could eat it as long as she was in the priest's home. But if she married outside of the house and then came home for the festival or whatever, she could no longer eat it. She was under somebody else's roof. But if she was widowed or divorced and came back and lived under her father's roof again, then she was able to eat it as she had before she left home. Practically, this means that there are times when we would want to say yes to people, we want to please people, but it is possible to be too generous with the things of the Lord and with our time. In other words, there are times when we have to say no to people in order to do the work of the ministry. When I was a young pastor, my family would have holiday meals, and there would be times that because of the demands of ministry at Christmas or Easter, I would not be able to be there at the time that everybody else wanted to arrive. But they understood that that was part of the ministry that God had called me to. And we have to be able to say no to people in order to say yes to God. And a lot of times that's going to put us in a difficult situation, especially where there are family members who have a different moral standard than the moral standard of the Bible. And we have to adhere to the moral standard of the Bible. Some of our family members may not understand 
And yet Jesus said that if we're going to follow him, we must put him first above all other family relationships. And if a man eats a holy offering unintentionally, then he shall restore a holy offering to the priest and add one-fifth to it. Now, part of the reason that you had to say no to your friend that wanted to eat your steak, who wasn't qualified to eat your steak, is that if he went ahead and ate it, he would have to bring a trespass offering for eating that which didn't belong to him, and he would have to add 20% to it, which is what you would do if you took something that didn't belong to you. So it would be a bad deal for them. And if you didn't say no to them up front, then you would be bringing sin upon yourself and upon them. It wasn't easy to be a priest. It isn't easy to be holy as God is holy. It isn't easy to follow the higher standard that the Lord calls us to. And in fact, it would be impossible were it not for the fact of God's grace. Who is sufficient for these things? I certainly am not. But the Lord makes us sufficient by his grace. And for that reason, though all of us have stumbled in many ways, God can use us if we are walking in the light as he is in the light, having fellowship with him and the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all sin. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. They'd really love to hear from you. You can also text them at 208-314-3377 with your questions or comments. Tomorrow we'll see where God gives instructions to Moses about which offerings were acceptable and which were unacceptable. This makes us think twice about just what we offer to God. We hope you'll join us as we continue through Leviticus on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.